Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude, Tony. Used to call him Chai Socks MKZ on Twitter, but is now at Tony on Tap. You can follow me at Buzz on Tap. More importantly, follow at on Tap Sportsnet and Socks on Tap on Twitter. We're a little bit fashionably late to this party. This is take two. The reason we're fashionably late is because we're the cool kids. You know, cool kids come in late, man. But we got a lot to talk about. Dallas Keuchel. Grandal, rumors, the whole nine. And we're cracking beers. I just, God, I, I forgot to grab a beer, so, so I'm already drinking one. So I just did a little fake one. I know you got some over there that you could pop. I got Tony, plenty. how you doing, my man? Buzz, I'm doing great, my friend. It's uh, it's good to be back on the mic with you. And uh, I'm bringing in summer here with, with these Coronas that I've been drinking. And like you said, take two. Um, I just want to let everybody know we had such a fucking excellent episode. <laughs> it was it was like basically done. I mean, we we finished the whole thing, and then something happened, and I looked down, and all of a sudden I realized that uh, we no longer had an episode. So we're gonna we're gonna do this all over again. Um, so it's gonna be a little bit different than the first one, but I just want everybody to know how awesome the first one was. So if this one just absolutely sucks, the first one was the great. first one was great. So that's all I've got to say. Um, yeah, and I'm now. I'm now about four to five beers deeper than I was in the first episode that we, we recorded or didn't record, I guess, so to speak. Um, but uh, it doesn't make it any... We just talked to mics like we were fucking doing something and we were doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh... yeah, that's that's great. Um, you know, And also, if I lose my train of thought, I just want everybody to know that the Blackhawks are on. So if there's there's a, like, you know, you just hear some random pause, like right now, where there, there's a little bit of a fight going on in the game, um, you know, because hockey fights are cool and tough, Buzz. That's why. So um, the first episode that we did was great. This one's going to be somewhat near that level, or maybe better. Who knows? We're, we're going to give it our all again for take two here. So that's, that's, that's our promise. That's our promise. The on-tap difference right there. The on tap difference. That's our promise. Before we get in, a little house cleaning. Be sure we're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Now, a couple things that I was saying in the episode that we forgot to record or that the recording thing broke, broke on. It's pretty simple. I wanted to, I wanted to take a, a moment to apologize to a lot of White Sox Twitter, and, and this is the reason. I was confident that I, I, I don't think I ever had a source. But I was confident in this one guy. This is about the Ozuna stuff. And that's when I had tweeted out the Sox were going to sign Ozuna on that certain day. He's coming to America. He's he's leaving where he's at. He's coming to America, coming to USA. He's going to sign. I tweeted that out. Obviously, it didn't happen. I'd like to apologize because I put faith into somebody when I should have never done that. So I wanted to apologize about that. 
And then, uh, yeah, that's all I really wanted to apologize about. I'm not going to apologize to uh, to anybody else about not not being excited after the winter meetings because I was pretty pissed off. So, um, but I'm happy where they're at now. They're doing yeah, stuff, they're, man. They're doing stuff, and doing stuff is cool and tough. I mean, <laughs> you know, go right back to it. The uh, the Sox have been active post winter meetings, and Johnny and I. Um, I think Steve got on there. I'm not, I'm not quite positive. I know we talked with Steve um, during our, our Merkin episode uh, that we did right before the winter meetings. Johnny and I did a little breakdown of uh, you know what happened during the winter meetings, the Nomar Mazara trade, um, and the lack of movement, the lack of the Azuna signing, I guess, so to speak. Um, but we left that episode kind of down. And one of the reasons being is the Sox missed out on Zach Wheeler, right? You know, we th- this was our target. He was our target heading in to the offseason. It was pretty obvious who the Sox had, had set their sights on getting as far as starting pitching, and that was Zach Wheeler. And the White Sox made Zach Wheeler a good offer, but in that so White Sox fashion, and um, we'll talk about uh, some that so White Sox stuff as well later on in this episode, but in that so White Sox fashion, Zach Wheeler chose to go elsewhere to be closer to his wife even though the Sox had the highest offer on the table so you know that that was fresh on the mind when we talked there um it it doesn't it doesn't exclude the Grandal signing because I think that was still to this day the the best move that they've made this offseason and one of the things we talked about uh Buzz you myself and Steve uh was that that sets this offseason up for success and then the lack of I wouldn't say follow-through but I would say lack of execution. Um, from that point forward up until this week was concerning because one of the things we talked about when, when we were we were on with Steve was that, yeah, it's great they signed Yasmani Grandal, but you have to follow that up with something. You know, It the, can't stop there. It can't stop there. And one of the things that we were worried about was this was a shut-the-fan-base-up type move. You know, hey, we spent some money on Yasmani Grandal, but we're going to stop there and we're going to kind of punt on this year. And that's what it felt like up until this week. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, listen, the whole offseason wasn't over. Why why is everybody so worried? Because in, in my mind, and maybe this is just me, in my mind, until you actually have pen to paper, there was nothing to go forward on and say, some of the stuff that's taken place since then was ever going to happen because you know we talk we're going to talk about Dallas Keuchel we're going to talk about Gio Gonzalez we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff but up until the point that they actually signed on the dotted line there was never really any reason to believe that they were going to and but, uh, I, listen, go, I, I go back I, to I go back to the Ozuna thing people I'm thought 100%. it was going to happen. I'm in 100% agreeance with you, but th- this is what I want to say about that, about people saying, you know, arguing. Because we, we did. We had that on Twitter. Some people did. I mean, me and you kind of have the same opinions with that stuff. Like, w- listen, my other favorite team is the Jerry Reinsdorf own team, okay? I-, I live this shit, like, literally all year round, you know? So why I wasn't optimistic anything was going to get done after we lost on Wheeler. And then, you know, the report comes out that they're the high bid. I really don't think that needs to be reported because I think that hurts you. <laughs> like, dude, we're going to give you even more millions of dollars, but you don't want to come here. 
And because, you know, your wife, whatever. Like, his wife lives in New Jersey. I can't blame him. I homie for that. For real. I can't. But, again, I, I don't understand why that was a whole storyline. But for the people that sit there and, like, you know, harp on the fact that, oh, it wasn't over yet, you didn't believe they were going to do shit either. Period. I saw all the tweets, and I saw how people switched their tone real quick when Steve Stone responds to them on Twitter. Okay? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no one thought they were going to do anything. I thought the Grandal was it. And then the Mazzara thing. I thought that was it. Because I was like, as Johnny and you like to say all the time, and obviously we're making this shit a t-shirt, or I'm getting a tattooed on me. Hashtag, that's so White Sox. Like, that's what I thought it was. You know what I mean? But... And then the day that you texted me, oh, my God, White Sox, you know, and I'm like, whoa, my God, what happened? And it's Gio Gonzalez. Hasn't Nani been calling for Gio Gonzalez to be signed for like, like June? Since June. June. You know, you know? Like that's that's the whole thing. Like, and I want you to tell that little story that, that how you found out about the Gio Gonzalez thing re- real quick. But, dude, that move, like, and yes, as a White Sox fan, you start to hone in on some of these things. If you follow this team as closely as we do, and I know there's a lot of listeners out there who do, if you follow this thing, you go from Yasmani Grandal to Nomar Mazara being traded for to signing Gio Gonzalez, and you're like, okay, we've taken this like this major leap forward, and then you miss on Zach Wheeler, and the next things, the next two things you hear are. Nomar Mazzara and Gio Gonzalez. And some guy named Cuthbert. And, and yeah, and some guy named Chesler Cuthbert. Like, <laughs> it, let's, let's take a step back here. For everything great the White Sox have done, and Dallas Keuchel and Yasmani Grandal, and, and a lot of this, you know, extending Eloy last year and, and, and locking Abreu up for three years, those, those are great things for this organization. Let's, let's just lay that right out on the line. That's great. That's awesome. They've spent money. They've they've put the money where their mouth is. They've spent it. But when you go from that to missing out on Zach Wheeler, who was as close to the top level of pitching that you can get this offseason, because obviously they were out on Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg, you take a, a deep breath there and you go, ugh. <sighs> This is what we get, Gio Gonzalez. And Johnny, like you said, has been calling it, calling for them to sign Gio Gonzalez since, like, June and then call it an offseason. Now, I'm happy because of the the, the follow-ups to this because we can go now, you and I, and say, hey, Johnny, did they say Gio Gonzalez and call it an offseason? No. But let's talk a little bit about that that Gio Gonzalez signing because I think this is this is maybe entertaining for some people. I was driving, man. I had to do a work run. I had to drive from Kankakee to Joliet, and I, I never have to do parts runs, but this day I had to do it. So I'm driving to Joliet. I get a text from you as I'm on 57 coming back into Kankakee uh, where I work, and it's like, oh, my God, White Sox. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, oh, my God, dude. I'm like trying to turn on the radio. Radio in the truck doesn't work. I don't want to like go on my phone and start scrolling because like I, I I hate that. I hate when people do that. It makes you just I hate that. I hate being on your phone when you're driving. Like I just I'm always concentrating. I just don't like to do that. Don't text and drive. Don't right. Don't, don't tweet, text and drive. Don't Twitter and drive. That shit is lame and weak. So <laughs> I I called you. I hit the call button. I'm like, hey Siri, 
call Tony Socks Weekly because that's what you're my phone under still. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then I call you and I'm like, dude, what are they doing? You're like, dude, they signed Gio Gonzalez. And I'm like, you get like that was the text like that was you put you you never put exclamation points in your texts and i'm like okay <laughs> okay and like yeah dude is it like is he gonna be a good back end starter yeah but i was fully 100 percent expecting him to be the number two or number three guy and i don't think i should be wrong for that i don't think i should be fucking criticized for that because i that's what i thought i thought that's what they were gonna do you know, sign Gio Gonzalez and call it a day. Then I get Nani texting me, told ya. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, oh, dude. All right, whatever. So that's where I was at. That was my whole little fun Gio Gonzalez story. But, hey, you know, dude, like I said, they, it they was came a, out and they it was spent a, it. It was a that's so White Sox moment. You know, it, it, it right. just it really was. You're right. That's exactly what it was. And it, like I said, it was hard to hear at first because you're sitting there like, damn it, dude. Like, this is – it's the same shit, you know what I mean? But now, I guess, a little bit of patience and patience. We're fucking scrolling our phones all the time waiting for something to happen. I think we're probably the least patient people in the world. But with a little bit of, air quote, patience, um, you know, they they went out and they got Dallas Keuchel as well. And, I mean, that, that's huge. And if you remember, if you guys go back to, you know, listeners of the show, which I appreciate everybody that listens to this shit. Love you all. I hope to see everybody in Lot B. But if you go back to, like, Socks on Tap, like, oh God, man, maybe, like, a little bit of a quarter, not a quarter away through the season last year, but right right around there, if you remember, I was begging you to sign Dallas Keuchel last year when before he went to Atlanta. I wanted to bring in Keuchel because I thought another left-handed pitcher would be a good thing after Rodon went down. And, you know, it happens now, and I, I like it because I, I think that – do I think he's going to return to his Cy Young award-winning form? Probably not. But, dude, like, he's going to get a full spring training this year. Like, I'm negating all of the numbers from last year and how he ran out of gas towards the end of the season because he didn't really have a spring training. What, he had those, like, three starts, four starts in, in the minors before he came, you know, they, they brought him up to the major league club because he signed so late in the year. I'm I'm excited about the Dallas Keigel signing. I think he's a good lefty with some veteran leadership. No, he's not the White Sox, John Lester, so everybody can stop with that. But, you know, it, it's a cool move. I think it, it, it brings a winning guy, you know, with winning experience, playoff experience, World Series experience, into the fold for our young pitchers, and I'm fucking excited about it. And thank God they did it, man. Thank God they did something. And and supposedly they're not done, but I'll let you, you know, run on your Keiko stuff because, I mean, I, I am – I'm excited about it. The guy would have had, what, the second best ERA on our team last year if he played with us. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing. Um, I found out, and I'll just go into a story. I found out about the Keuchel signing from you. So oh, I, I called. I didn't even call. T- you, I called. You just called right away. And I'm I, like, dude. <laughs> I'm in the middle of, like, tons of different shit going on in my house. Like, it was, it, it came down at a time where, like, I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, just getting home from work and whatever. I, I forget what I was doing, but the I, duties I, of everyday dad. Yeah, life. the duties of everyday dad life. And uh, I get a call from you, and you're like, "Dude, Dallas Keuchel," and I'm like, "What, what are you talking about?" Like, I haven't looked at Twitter in probably like the 15 minutes of of, of like the day that I can't like scroll. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, in that, like, nice little window of, like, I have other responsibilities to deal with. <laughs> so, I get a call from you, and you're like, Dallas Keuchel, and you're like, I'm like, what? 
You know what I mean? Because it's so surreal. You know, like, I did not expect them to go out and do this. I didn't hear rumors about it. I didn't hear anything about it. It was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Dale's crying. I'm, I'm thinking you're fucking with me at this point in time. Like, there's no... I would never do that there, around Christmas. There's I'd no never f- fuck with you around Christmas. There's no... F- fucking way the White Sox just signed Dale's Kai call. And of course, then I like look up my like look at my phone that's been going off in my pocket because there's like 15 messages and the only reason that I saw it is cuz you called. Sox just got Dale's Kai call. I'm like, "Okay, this is real. Like this is real. Like we're, we we actually just followed up the Gio Gonzalez signing? You really? This happened? Are you kidding me?" You know, so I was I was just taken aback by it. It felt good. It, it did feel good. It felt great, man. It felt great. So, you know, here we are. Crack a beer. Got Dallas Keuchel. Um, you know, cheers to that, my friend. Um, oh, you know, the, the, dude, this was such a, a great move because whether or not you were in on Ryu or Keuchel or, you know, y- you think that it's Wheeler or Lost, the Sox followed it up with the next best thing that they can do. Right, and, and you know what? I kind of felt like that, man, because that's a really good way that you just put that. That That's a really good pay, and I'm guilty of it. And I'll admit when I'm wrong, dude, and I have no problem. Man. I'm wrong all the fucking time, you know? Um, but uh, honestly, like, I did feel like that, Tone. I, I, I did. I felt like it was fucking Wheeler or Bust because I wanted that upper, upper echelon pitcher, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. not, not a lot of miles on his arm, very talented guy. You know, I, I, I wanted that. I, I clamored for that. It didn't happen. But then taking a step back and seeing what they're doing now, gaining more perspective, like, ah, oh, okay, all right, man, that you know what, it's not all over. It's not now that there's they're, they're continuing to make moves like this. Like I said, another cool thing about this move too, and I think I told you this on the phone, Zach Wheeler probably would have been the guy to start opening day. I would assume, mm-hmm. right? Kind of puts the ball in Giolito's hands. Like, dude, you are a motherfucking monster. What's up, Ace? You know what I'm saying? Give him that confidence that they're bringing in veterans to, you know, that he knows that still have some time in the league, but not as much as he does. So I think that's another good part of Dallas Keuchel and Gio Gonzalez coming over is that it really does, you know, I, I would assume the ball on opening day is going to Lucas Giolito. Well, and the other thing I want to give credit to here for the White Sox, and this is something that's been questioned. I know Steve uh, wrote an article about it was that the White Sox offseason comes down to working with Scott Boris after you lose out That's another good on point. Zach Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And I want to credit the White Sox organization with actually striking a deal with Scott Boris. You know, this wasn't a this wasn't a minor deal. This wasn't just like, you know, like a meh type player. They gave him money. They gave him some real money. I think it comes out to like fifty five mil or something like that. It was that. three year, it was so it's three years fifty five mil, right? And then if there's that fourth year it has like it can get up to seventy four mil. Yeah. So that's what the contract sits at. So what is that like eighteen five something a year, like something like that, right? Yeah, I'm I'm you know, I would have been able to do math in that first episode we did. I'm pretty sure I probably would like a red round there, but I'm doing it. I'm you know, doing there's it like so many beers just sitting in front of me right now that Yeah, uh, it's eighteen it's eighteen five. See I got there, it in my you little know, you got the yeah, yeah. You, you know, um got my calculator. So I'm just I'm just gonna say this. It was serious money. So Yeah. And you gave it to a Scott Boris client, you were able to to you know, bridge that gap there, get that done. And I think that should not be understated because Sox have traditionally stayed away from some of that stuff and they knew what they had to do. They went, they made amends or whatever they had to do to go get this deal done 
with Scott Boris. They're serious. They're serious about some of this stuff. And, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people um, don't haven't really taken into account here. I think Steve, uh, NWI Steve, um, wrote a really great article about I've talked he's to actually he wrote a couple good ones lately yeah, man fantastic I've, I've talked to to Pete hand about it there's been a lot of different stuff out there that uh you know the Sox oh, are they gonna work with Boris I don't think so I think the soft season's over with they went out they did it so guess what there's they're 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 pretty damn serious about getting some shit done here and I think that as a white Sox fan is something that everybody should take in, into account and be proud of you know, uh, you know I, and I really, it, I really think that that's that's something that's serious here. And for someone who's always like me, who's like usually optimistic about everything, you saw me crash and burn after Wheeler was gone, and they weren't like in on Kohler Strasburg, and I'm like really like just hoping, you know, like make that move. You know what I'm saying? Do something, mm-hmm. do something like that that gets our blood pumping. You know, and they didn't do it. Like poke it with you a know. stick. That that gif you get, like do something, do something. Yeah, right. Do something. Do it. <laughs> poking a dead body. But, you know, like, for real, I was like, man, and then they, they did this shit, and not only the moves that they've made by, you know, signing Grandal, extending Jose Abreu, bringing back James McCann, um, signing Keiko, getting Gio Gonzalez, trading for a 24-year-old who people say they have a lot of upside. I mean, goddamn, he had more war than all of our right fielders combined last year, um, you know, and, and no more Mazzara. And then now— who, Wait, wait, who had more war than all of our outfielders? Mazzara did. Did he? All of our right fielders, yeah, I'm gonna because s- they're all, they're all in the negative. <laughs> they were the like Polka was like one. If you go to go to Baseball Reference, it was like uh, Polka was like one point four, negative one four, one point four, and then then like uh, uh, Tillson was like point negative point seven, I think, or some shit. Like I mean, and then Cordell was in the negative, I believe, as well. And I, I'm a little drunk, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I mean, I, does does Lurie Garcia count? No, dude, he was in center field most of the time. So I'm not going to put that – see, that that proves my theory wrong, motherfucker. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but, you know, like not only to see them like, you know, do something like that with a high upside guy, and maybe he is, maybe he's not. He didn't hit a lot of bombs in Arlington, which is a hitter-friendly park, as you know, just like I know. That's a hitter-friendly park in, in, in Texas. He didn't hit a lot of bombs there. He's averaging about 20 a year. But he's got high upside. They believe in him. But to see their names popping up in rumors for like Incursion or, or Nick – Nicholas Cassianos. I mean, they're still there. They're not. I mean, and it's cool because you're not seeing this shit from the guys that let us down about Ozuna. You're seeing it from fucking Rosenthal and Heyman and Passan. Like you're seeing this shit from Morrissey, those guys. Yep, yep. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, this it's serious shit. Like they're they're actually involved and in, 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 in around, and it's exciting and it's a feeling, bro. That I just I feel like it's okay to say that I didn't think that shit was going to happen because it's a feeling that I haven't had before with them. Like that they're like, they're literally in there, not just for over the hill players either. They're literally in there making signings that are going to really, really impact this team, not signings that are going to shut you and I up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so different. It's so different, especially on White Sox, White Sox Twitter right now. It's so different. Because that place was a fucking dumpster fire last week. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's amazing what spending a little bit of money and committing to to trying to win is going to do. And I'm not saying that they went out there and they got you know world beater. And that's not even the only rumor. We saw rumors today about the White Sox talking extension 
with Luis Robert. And yeah, that's you know, yeah. You do. I, I probably Thompson said the name there. wrong. I probably said the name wrong. What? What? How do? You, how do we pronounce it? It's. It was, they say Robert, but like I talked to him personally. Okay, and he told me it's Luis Robert. Oh God, my voice! Oh. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> I'm is, hitting. I'm hitting puberty. That's some <laughs> gold right there. You want to try that again? <clears throat> yeah, give me a second. I'm gonna take a swig of my beer real quick because that was not. That was not good, Coach. All right, Luis Robert. No, 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 no. You gotta roll the first. You gotta roll the first. One. I was trying to do two of them at the same fucking time. It's hard. Robert. I'll there do the you one. go. There, yeah, I'll do the one. I don't want to do two. Third time's the charm. Third Especially time. when you're drunk. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. Third time's the charm, my friend. Um, <laughs> you know, that would be amazing. Well, did you see the, the, the details of that, too? I think it was like, what was it? It like, was like it 80, was 80, 80 to 90 million. I mean, like that eight was. Years. Dude, and people are just like, oh my god, he'd be crazy to sign that. I tend to fucking maybe agree with him, but I mean, goddamn, I, I don't know if I don't know if I agree with that because if he does sign that, yeah, he's put over a hundred million dollars in his bank account without ever playing a single major league game. Buzz, tell me how many players have guaranteed themselves over a hundred million dollars before playing a single major league baseball game. That's a good fucking point, brother. I I guess you more look at it the and, way you and and on top of that, will still hit free agency at like twenty nine, thirty years old. Yeah, that's a good point, dude. That's a good point. So, for Luis Robert, <laughs> you do it good too. It's like, look, I'm gonna go upstairs and tell my wife Luis Robert and see what she thinks. You're gonna get laid right away. Um, yeah. You know, for him. You sign that deal. You still have the chance to go lock yourself up another long-term contract. However, let's say things don't work. Let's say you come into the league and for some godforsaken reason, uh, in that so White Sox fashion, Luis Robert does not have everything that he's all cracked up to be. You have set yourself up with some generational wealth. And you know, if you look at this from from a from a standpoint, from a health standpoint, from everything else in between, for him to sign a deal like that, I really think it is attractive. You know, say he comes out and doesn't sign an extension, and and he he he's really good. Yes, he sets himself up for maybe a two hundred, three hundred million dollar contract. That's great, but he still has the chance to make that money. When he's twenty nine thirty, look at the look at the money that some of these guys are getting right now at at, at the ages of twenty twenty seven to thirty. Oh, I mean, look at Anthony Rendon. I mean, look how much money yes, he just got. At, yeah, I mean, he's, that's exactly, his, he's that's, like thirty two. That's know? the that's the one I'm pointing at right now is Anthony Rendon. Imagine that in eight to nine years, what some of that money is going to look like because we talk about inflation, we talk about how this continues to grow as revenue grows. You could be looking at a guy who's talking about a 350 to 400 million dollar contract if he signs another eight-year deal that's good dude yeah no shit so, so he gets for, like 100 million off the fucking bat almost and then so he signs another contract for like so 450 for him, yeah so for him to have never played a major league baseball game in his entire life to lock up over a hundred million dollars i think that's attractive I, that's just me if I'm in, well, if, if I'm in his camp, I'm telling him. You definitely changed my opinion on it. I'm, I'm, you definitely I'm, changed I'm, my opinion. If I'm in his camp right now, you've taken all the pressure off of yourself. You've got your money. Your kids are set. 
Your grandkids are set. You're not stupid with your money. You got good financial advisement. Hopefully I'm set. I think you take your deal here. I I really do. And a lot of people are going to say that's stupid. But when you can take guaranteed money over having to fight for it, I'm going to take that deal. Look at why Manny Machado signed with the Padres and not the White Sox. He had guaranteed money on the table. Guaranteed money beats any other sort of, you know, putting the pressure on yourself. I think if the White Sox offer him the right amount of money, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's ninety. Maybe it's a hundred. Maybe it's one hundred five. Maybe you give him that guaranteed money. You get him in here opening day, and you're fucking serious about winning. That's what you do, and you give him some money. He takes it because it's good on both ends. Go get him locked down. I think that would be one of the best moves the White Sox have made all off season because. So, I just think he's, he's worth it. Obviously, if you lock him down, he starts the year up at the major league roster like Eloy did, right? Absolutely. There's no question about it. So what they're I mean, trying to what they're trying to avoid is having to keep him back for the extra year of control. That's what that, that that's obviously what they're trying to do here, and that's right, a smart absolutely. thing to so do it's because the same you get thing two, they did, yeah. two extra weeks of a guy who's better than Adam Engel starting in center field. I don't want Adam Engel starting the year in center field. If we have to deal with it, we have to deal with it. Well, maybe it's Lurie Garcia. I think another thing we got to talk about, dude, is the fact that second base is a gaping hole right now. Well, I mean, I think you're going to see Lurie Amendic there. Lurie could play all throughout the infield until Madrigal's ready. You know, but when... when Especially when... with this Nick, Nicholas Castellanos shit. Like, what if they go sign him? They got two right fielders. You got Mazzara, you got Castellanos. So, I mean... You know, I'm okay, you... ro- I'm okay rolling Lurie Garcia out there. Yeah, I'm you okay, know... too. We saw what he could do at shortstop last year when Tim was hurt. The dude could play everywhere. That's what he is. He's a super utility player. I mean, I I like having Lurie personally on the team. I, I like Lurie Garcia. I think that, you know, he he might get a lot of reps at second base until Madrigal's ready. I honestly think that. And no one's talking about that, but I, I really think that he could. I don't know what you think, but that's what I think. I know what Johnny thinks. Johnny wants to see him start every day. Of course he does. Johnny's, Johnny's like a Lurie Garcia stan. You ask Johnny who he wants in center field. Luis Robert or Lurie Garcia, he's going to fucking tell you Lurie Garcia. That's what he's going to say. I don't I'm know about that. No, he wouldn't say that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know about <laughs> would, that. I, I think Johnny's just okay as long as he's on the roster. Yeah, John, just just so he gets a ring. You know, oh, dude. Johnny would, like, get a replica Lurie Garcia World Series ring. Oh, he'd, sure wear, he he'd wear it every day. Uh, dude, I mean that's cool and tough. Louis Garcia is cool and tough. We saw him do some badass shit last year. Yeah, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. But I think that he gets a lot of re- uh, reps at second base because the guy that I wanted, obviously, went to the Indians today, and that was Cesar Hernandez. So yeah, and that was a curious signing too. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was upset about it because I, I I thought that he can come in and he can hold the fort down a little bit until uh, until uh, Slick Nicky came up. You know, but because I I don't think he start he's not he is not starting with the team. Nick Madrigal, there's no way. If he does, I mean, I, I'll buy somebody a couple beers that wants to bet against me. But I, I don't see him starting w- with the uh, major league club. What about you? I don't see him starting with the major league club. He's not he's not the kind of guy that you're going to, uh, you know, sign an extension to right now I, I don't think he he's that profile of player um you know 
granted, Nick Madrigal could be a very effective major leaguer. I think that that's that's something that we all know. But he's not he's not superstar. He doesn't have superstar written all over him. Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez have superstar. So you know that that's that's something I think the White Sox are going to be able to effectively control. But he's never going to be he's never going to be at that level. Um, and that was part of my problem with that draft pick at the time. Um, I just I just really think that. Uh, I really think that Madrigal fits more of the mold of a guy that you can keep down. I mean, just look at what he's done so far in his, his minor league career. There's there's nothing that really jumps off the plate of, you know, the, the way that Luis Robert did or Eloy Jimenez. You know, the the, thing, the things about Madrigal is, 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 the you know, how little he strikes out. That's one. Um his stolen bases, his speed, and his glove are are things that are, are very, very attractive about his game. I just, you know, um, I don't mind him hitting like eighth or ninth, maybe ninth. You know, uh, maybe he could be a leadoff guy because, I mean, who are they going to really get to do that? I'm seeing a lot of projections for Luis Robert or Tim Anderson being leadoff. Um, but, you know, I mean... I, I think that you keep him down for the for the time being. You know, do what you got to do till he's ready to come up. Don't rush the kid. Don't blow this shit. And because uh, I think you'd be competitive without him, honestly. And I think you put Lurie or Danny Mendick there. And I think that's I think that's the play. And then um, as far as the DH goes, like I, we brought up earlier, in Carcion and in Nicholas Castellanos, they're still out there, and, and it's rumored that the Sox are talking to both of these guys. So who who knows what happens? You know, who knows what happens? That's. You know, that's what we're waiting on at this point in time. Um, that's why I'm constantly fucking scrolling in my screen time on my phone. Know, and and, and, like and here's, the, here's the funny you part know? is heading into this offseason, both you and Johnny, like, I'm not going to invest as much time and effort into this. And I think Johnny's done a little bit better job than you have, or even myself. Oh, yeah, no, I've, um, I'm, yeah. I'm still scrolling Twitter the same way I did last year with the Machado shit, man. Like, it's it's constant. Like, I'm, I'm waiting. And that's why the whole Dallas Keuchel thing caught me by surprise. It's like the, like the 15 minutes that I wasn't on Twitter. I was <laughs> you just, know? Try, you I was just a great trying time. to sound tough, dude. I was just trying to sound tough when I said I didn't care. Cause I, I deep down, I was, I did care. I was like a sixteen-year-old girl. You know what I'm saying? Like you're waiting on, waiting on the your your man crush to text you. Yeah, it's basically it. Like I don't care. I don't, you know, I don't care. But no, mm-hmm. I totally fucking cared. I'm like, God damn it, you know. And then like I said, the one time that I that I get to see the news first yesterday, I'm like, oh shit, you know, um, or on Sunday, I'm sorry, but it was. Wait, no, Saturday. What what did he sign Saturday he signed? Um, but it was so, you know, like I said, I, I'm excited at what they're doing. I The second base hole I'm not too worried about. I mean, we, we have a lot to be excited about. The starting rotation right now looks like Giolito, Giolito Keuchel, um, probably, what would you say, Ronaldo Lopez, Cease, and then Gonzalez. And I think they're going to play that service time bullshit with Kopech, gain an extra year, and keep them down until May 24th. <sighs> They're gonna. I'm telling you, they're gonna do it. There's no reason he needs to be up on the, uh, you know, right now because they're gonna go get another reliever too. I think, but they're, you know, he he's gonna start in Charlotte. That's well, and, what's gonna happen. And here's here's the sad fact. All this is we're talking about extensions with, you know, Luis Robert, and we already got one with Eloy. And there's two guys that I'm really worried about, really really worried about when we're talking about an extended competitive window. Mm-hmm. And that's Michael Kopech and Yohan Mankata. 
Those are the two guys I'm really worried about when it comes to link, uh, just inking them to long-term deals. Because Yohan Moncada is MVP caliber. We're talking about a guy that's going to get that $300 million plus if he continues on his path. And when you talk about Michael Kopech, if the guy comes out and absolutely just kills it, right? You're talking about another pitcher who's probably looking at Zach Wheeler plus tight money for an extension. That just is what it is. So those are the two guys right now in my mind, if we're looking long-term, where I say this could be the the tough decisions that we, we are going to have to make in the not-so-distant future. And if you have to hold Kopech down, so be it. But it still sucks. It still no, no, really, it, it, it still yeah, really it, sucks because you want does. him on this roster from day one this year. I mean, you, dude, you know, he's totally to the, good. He totally could break hand. I mean, he could. Like, they say he's ready. He's healthy. I'm just making a prediction. Move Reynaldo Lopez to the bullpen and give a starting spot. To Kopech. To Kopech. I agree. I agree with you because I don't think Ronaldo Lopez is a solution as a starter. He did have a better second half last year. For a while. I, for a while. You're right. And that's what I'm that's what I was alluding to because everybody on Twitter keeps saying that. And I like I like I said, everybody's got their own opinions, and opinions are cool and tough, man. Everybody could have them. But everybody keeps saying about how his second half was so great. Go look at the numbers. Like he started to struggle. He I just don't I mean, he is a bullpen guy. And that's my opinion. I like Ronaldo Lopez. I think he's a decent pitcher. But if you're going to ask me, while I'm trying to develop and win, who I want in my starting rotation, and even though we didn't get to see a lot out of him, I want, I'm want i going to take that shot in the arm of Kopech. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Then move Kopech to the pen and then bring Ronaldo back in. I don't know. But I'd rather see Kopech. Um, I, it's going to suck. But May 24th is when they gain another year of control on his, uh, on his service time. So, uh, um, you know. That's what I'm predicting happens. He starts. He starts the year off in Charlotte, but I, we're not. We're not going to talk about depressive shit. We're happy right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can't get through a socks on tap without talking about something that might go wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's just in our nature. Yeah, it just um, happens. You know what else? What else you got to talk about here, man? There's there's so much with this team right now, and I think. All of us are just excited right now for opening day. Like yeah, I think that so that's than, yeah. I mean, more so than anything, dude. I'm just excited about opening day. I think we touched on all the signings. We touched we touched on the rumors that are that are popping right now, and I'm I'm more excited for everything. And like I said, I I can't eat crow when I'm fucking wrong, dude. They did things that I didn't think they were gonna do, and I'm super excited and happy about it. Like you know, I I doubted them, and they proved me wrong. So like, it's cool to be fucking proved wrong. Because I, you know, never get up for the fucking letdown. Well, I, I didn't get up this time. I got a, a pen that with negative Nani right there. Right. Never get up for the letdown. So, like, that's, you know, we have a bunch of isms here. We have a bunch of White Sox isms here at Sox on Tap that we like to drop. You know, never get up for the letdown. Cool and tough. You know, that's so White Sox. We have all that shit. But, you know, they, they proved me wrong. They did things that I didn't think they were going to do, dude. And, and this is where we're at. And I, and, honestly like are they ready to win right now maybe not i mean they're you know I don't, they're ready I don't know. to compete for something that's exactly what i was getting to they're ready to compete and if they make a you know again those two free agents i just brought up before if they add one of those guys watch the fuck out man because that that lineup is scary ass good 
scary ass good. So I'm I'm all for it. I'm all ready. That, yeah, you know, I'm excited. There are less automatic outs in this lineup right now than what we've seen from the White Sox in God knows how long. We're probably talking 2005 days, 2006, even through 08. But we haven't seen it since then, and that was a decade ago. This team right now, as it stands, is going to be the best White Sox team that a lot of people have seen in over a decade, and that's barring injury, and that's barring major, major regression from multiple different pieces. This is something to get excited about. This is something to be happy about. The Sox have made a lot of moves. You know, I alluded to the whole Scott Boris thing. Working with Scott Boris, this team has pitching depth at this point in time. You know, you list off the starters right now that will be with this team for this year. I'm not talking starting the year, but Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Reynaldo Lopez, Gio Gonzalez, Dallas Keuchel. I've already named five. Michael Kopech, Carlos Rodon. Even then, if you slot in guys like Carson Fulmer and, and Dylan Covey at like seven, eight, nine, you're talking about a starting staff where you're not going to see Odrisimer Despagne's, Irvin Santana's, and the likes of people like that. That keeps your team competitive. <laughs> Big Ross the boss. I mean, Ross Detweiler might be your 10th or, or even 8th, 9th in line for a start this year. That makes things better. That makes things much better. And I know, again, Steve wrote a great article about good enough isn't. And I advise all of the listeners to go to ontapsportsnet.com. Go check that article out. Good enough isn't. Because it's not. But right now, the Sox have signed enough people to cover five-man plus and have enough guys on their roster from a starting rotation standpoint that it is good enough on paper right now. And that makes such a world of difference. Heading into last year, they did not have that at all they didn't have it the year before this is the first time in quite a few years where you may have battles over who's going to be slotted into what spot in the rotation and a starting quality pitcher may have to be in the bullpen because there's guys who are better than them that's something that we should be happy about and heading into the holidays if there's one gift that everybody who listens to the show has been given, it's that Dylan Covey is not going to be your number five starter or number four starter heading into the year. That's awesome. Take that to heart. The Sox did stuff this offseason. They want to win. I agree, man. I agree with everything you said, and I'm all here for it, and I'm ready for it, dude. It's, it's going to be a fun year, hanging out in Lot B. Opening day is going to be crazy. It's going to be a good time. It, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a and, great time. It's going to be a I, great I can't time. Really, I can't really follow up on what you just said there. That was a perfect closing to this show. I mean, I wasn't I was, trying to close anything down. I didn't know, but it was just like, it was just like, I felt good about it. I felt very, very good about well, I'm gl- it. I'm glad I could, I can, I'm glad I could deliver. You, you did. You fucking delivered, bro. You delivered. All just right. like Rick Hahn has delivered. All right, you got anything else for listeners, Buzz? I know yeah, sure. you you, you, nor, you normally have something to say to, to end this. 
I sure do. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. And I know we have not been around as much with the Sox on taps because we've been doing some other things. So go check out Four Feathers Pod. Go check out Blackhawks on tap covering the Blackhawks this offseason. Go check out Bulls on tap where you can find me and my dude Goose over there covering the Bulls. And then uh, check out Bears on tap. I mean, they suck real bad, but we got a new dude named Lucas Perfetti over there making some shit happen. Just be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com, checking it out. That's cool and tough. Grab a beer, crack them. And then, yeah, man, let's go White Sox, dude. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. 